I ate too much pasta and now I can't eat my chocolate chip cookies. Hey precious angel babies, welcome to Painting Pictures. This is Gabriel Roberts, I'm coming to you from Paonia, Colorado. Where it's cold! It's cold! It's like real cold, like it's getting down to be 6 degrees Fahrenheit at night. And that's actually cold, so I finally can legitimately complain about cold. I've spent most of my life in California and uh, I've become quite a weenie when it comes to cold. I can handle the heat pretty well. But when it comes to cold, you know, 40 degrees feels like cold and I always get laughs from tough East Coast or Northern residing friends that say, that's not cold. Well, how's six degrees for you? Does that give me any credibility? I think if I last a winter here, maybe I'll I'll get some street cred. Uh, maybe I'll get a free sweater in the mail. Wouldn't that be great? Last one winter in a, somewhere cold, and you get a free sweater. You know, these are the kind of programs that the U.S. government could be focusing on instead of building bombs and. Well, let's not get into that, shall we? This isn't. This podcast is not at all political. Mostly because. Um, I don't really know anything about politics, and I think that it's a joke. I think politics are a joke. I think it's a big sham, and I'd rather not talk about them. So let's not talk about them, okay? Uh, what can I tell you? I stabbed myself in the foot with a long iron, no, steel rod yesterday. Uh, it's a long, probably a, a six-foot rod, and on the end of it was a um, six-inch tip. Six-inch tip, and this is like a spike. I don't know what the rod was originally purposed for, or what its original purpose was. Um, perhaps it was for stabbing people in the foot. Because <laughs> it seemed to do that pretty well. What I used it for was to tape a small hand saw onto the end. Okay, onto the one end of the rod, not the spiky end, because that would have interfered with the, the sawing it. Boy, I almost—I started taping it on the spiked end, and boy, if I'd just done that, um, I wouldn't have wouldn't have stabbed myself in the in the foot. But instead, I didn't want to interfere with the saw taping, so I I flipped it around and I taped the hand saw onto the non-spiked end of the rod. <laughs> And then I hefted it in my hands and I drove it into my foot. (laughs) Well, not exactly. I climbed up on a roof and um, I was trimming some branches uh, in preparation of installing a wood-burning stove in a workshop at Elsewhere Studios, my very favorite artist residency program. And so I'm up on the roof uh, wiggling away this, this... broad with a saw on it and chopping off little branches and it was going really well and then at some point I just stabbed myself in the foot with the rod basically I was I guess I was setting it down or I was following through on a on a um cut but yeah right through the right through the shoe right through the sock I sort of ignored it at first because, I don't know, what are you going to do, you know? And I, I finished the job, and I, I climbed down, and I was walking around, and I dragged 
the branches away and and then I even went up to uh, help a friend work on his house up outside of town. And and that, once I was a couple hours from the injury then, things started to really hurt. could feel it swelling up. Finally got home around 5 and took off the boot and found a big old puffy foot. It's gross. It's gross. There's a puncture wound. Uh, really swollen. Probably the most painful thing I've ever experienced. I mean, it went on for the rest of the night. It was just throbbing real bad. Uh, so just, this is, I want some sympathy points. Okay. Can I please have some sympathy points? Um, I, I didn't cry. I just kind of sat there and looked at it. Um, so then then I talked to my dear brother last night, and he mentioned tetanus. And I was like, oh, shit, good thinking. <laughs> good thinking. Incurable deadly disease caused by rusty metal, which is exactly what I stabbed myself with. So then I had that in my mind, and then this morning, the swelling went down overnight, which was great. I woke up. I was like, you know what, this isn't going to be so bad. I don't think it's broken. Um, you know, the swelling is going to go down. I just got to stay off of it for a couple of days. It'll be great. I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to make pancakes. And I started making pancakes. And then this guy came over to, was going to rehearse um, some music with my roommate. And he looked at it. I was like, that looks terrible. You should definitely get a tetanus shot. And he said, what do they say? You have about, you have 24 hours to get the tetanus shot? Uh, apparently, that's like the window. If you haven't been immunized, you got to get it within 24 hours. So then I started freaking out. I don't know if this is really that interesting. But I called the local clinic in town and I went and, and I asked to get a tetanus shot. Well, it's just not that simple. It's really not that simple, folks. Here in the Western world, there's a procedure, okay, when it comes to medicine. You don't know anything. You don't know anything about your body. You don't know, you have no idea what you need. The only way you can figure it out is with the help of a doctor, okay? You can't just walk in and say, can I have a tetanus shot, please, and pay for the tetanus shot. No. Instead, you have to sit down and wait, fill out a bunch of paperwork, finally get taken in to be seen by the nurse who pokes and prods at your foot. And this is a ridiculous thing where they're like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, this. And then they keep pressing the same spot over and over until I go, ah, and then they go, oh, sorry. Take it easy. Um, yeah, so get poked and prodded for a bit, then sit there longer. Then the doctor finally comes, um, doctor goes through it all with you. And what do you know? Get this. The final prognosis, um, tetanus shot. You need a tetanus shot. (laughs) Oh, oh, thanks. And how much did that visit cost? The visit from the doctor? The, the doctor, the office visit, the doctor sitting there and poking your foot and telling you that you need a tetanus shot, which is what you already knew, which is what you came in for. Just $190. Just basic. Okay, because they, they do, what they're doing is thinking and figuring things out. And you're not capable of that. You're just a patient. You're just a blob of meat. You have no intelligence. You don't know what your body needs. You haven't, you haven't thought things through. Okay, you need a doctor to think things through for you. And that's not cheap. You know, intelligence is not cheap. Think how much this person paid to go to medical school. All right, did you think about that? $190 is nothing. You should be grateful that they sat there and poked at your foot and told you exactly what you already knew. Well, to be honest, it was slightly reassuring to have her uh, say that it probably wasn't broken. But we'll have to keep an eye on it, you know. And then I got my tetanus shot. really didn't hurt that bad. They was like, this is going to hurt. I was like, bring it on. Give me that pain. And it didn't really hurt. 
and then I got to go pay my bill and go home. And I ate pancakes and I took a nap. And now I'm recording this intro to this podcast. My goodness, have I really been talking for 29 minutes? That seems impossible. No, nine minutes. All right, so here we go. This is just a little podcast for you. Um, it's winter time. Well, it feels like winter time. It's cold enough for it to be winter. I'm here. I'm going to be sitting around for the next couple of days. Um, I don't know. Things are pretty good. Otherwise, things are great. You know, a lot of exciting things happening. A lot of things I want to do. Uh, I took a um, huge cross-country road trip all the way across the country to Vermont from from Colorado. 30, 36 hours of driving. We did it in 39 hours. And and then I and then I um, drove up and visited my sister in Montreal. Montreal is a very cool city. Vermont is gorgeous. That part of Canada, right above Vermont, is totally gorgeous. Feels like a foreign country. There's all these quaint little, beautiful little French-looking towns. Um, Montreal is really a cool city. It was just there for a couple of days. And then headed on down to New York City, where <laughs> I feel like this is the <laughs> kind of a depressing podcast intro. My my car got towed. I'd like to complain about that a little bit, okay? Just this is the last major thing. Well, second to last major thing I'm going to complain about. My car got towed. I parked um, about one thirty in the morning on a street in the Chelsea district. I think it was West 16th Street. And I looked at the signs. You know, there were some signs that said no parking on Sunday because there was something happening on the street. Well, this was a a Friday night. So I figured, okay, that's all right. And then there were some signs that said no parking Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great. It's after 6 on Friday. Tomorrow's Saturday. Should be good. Um... And then there was a sign that said, no standing. I didn't know what that meant. No standing. Um, Well, FYI, for your information, no standing means no fucking parking ever. (laughs) Now, why you would also have a no parking sign in a specific set of hours when... When you have a no standing sign that says that basically means no parking ever is beyond me. And what standing is, I don't know. You know, standing versus parking, I don't know. Is it like if your car is more upright, you're standing? Or if you're like, you leave your car running, is that standing? I don't know. But uh, the next day I went to leave and the car was gone and... And to hike up to the impound lot and pay $185 to get my car out. And then, uh, <laughs> and then you, they, you know, of course you got to wait in line. And this line, these people trying to get their cars out, this is not a line of, of devious criminals that were trying to pull a fast one on New York City parking. Every single one of these people was completely surprised and confused as to why their car got towed. Nobody, I mean, maybe there was one person in there that that was trying to pull a fast one and was like, I'm just going to park here for five minutes and they got fucking towed. But I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure everybody there um, was, just got fucked over, basically. <laughs> got totally screwed over. Didn't see it coming. Thought they read the signs correctly. You know, a street should ha- shouldn't have more than one sign that that, that that tells you about the parking. I think that all of the parking information ought to be consolidated into a single sign. That would be really helpful and sensible, I think. And then you could just read that sign and it could tell you whether or not you could park there. Well, so I waited in line with those people and I got got out to my car in this massive warehouse where all these poor towed cars were sitting and and on the dash of the car is a $95 parking ticket which of course you have to pay as well 
so I, that was how my the second half of my trip started. The first half of my trip was fantastic. And the second half was was all right. I it was kind of a challenge to recover from that. It's like getting hit in the face or getting a metal rod <laughs> stabbed through your foot. I don't know, folks. I I feel like um like I just been kind of smacked around a little bit. I feel I feel totally battered and uh and kind of alone, honestly. I mean, I have great friends, and I have people that I can call and but I feel very much, you know, it's a different feeling. It's when you get sick or you get hurt, you just want to be home on your couch and you want mama there administering, you know, tea and cookies and a big TV to watch movies on. But the reality is, I this is my little life out here, you know, I have my little trailer and um and I have some chairs and I have a little bed to lay down on and I have a bag of frozen peas that I can put on my foot. And I have this microphone that I can complain into, and you guys can feel my pain. Uh, so then just one other thing I'm going to complain about, and that's the toll roads in the East Coast. Holy shit. Boy, if you drive on a highway for free, that's something to not take for granted, folks. That's a, that's something to celebrate. Free highway! Woo! I can drive on this shit for free. To get from Brooklyn, New York, to where the toll roads finally ended, which was somewhere west of Chicago, was a cool $100 in tolls. Um, I think if you have an easy pass or a fast pass or something like that, it's discounted. But boy, it's those turnpikes. You gotta just watch out for those turnpikes. The the Pennsylvania turnpike, turnpike. Did it get across Pennsylvania was was I think twenty five or thirty dollars, and that's just not something that you expect, um, you know, when you're planning a road trip. I I thought that I was golden. I thought I'd saved up, you know, plenty of money, um, but I, I I sort of forgot about the the great world out there, <laughs> in my cozy little paradise town of Paonia, where my expenses are low, where I don't really do anything money-wise except you know go to shows occasionally and buy food uh i'd kind of forgotten what it's like to be out in the great uh you know states and on a trip and in cities and driving and all this crap but i'm really glad i did it i got to see a lot of uh, new country and i really learned some lessons and i came back totally focused and ready to um you know, get to work here and not do anything stupid like stab myself in the foot with a steel rod. So it was a really good educational experience. <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, it was a wonderful trip. And uh, it gave me a great appreciation for Paonia, honestly. In some places in middle America, holy shit, I'm... You know, not to talk shit about, say, Hammond, Illinois, but what a shithole. <laughs> Some places are so grim. So grim. There's, um, uh, it's just kind of sad. It's sad and cold and gray and downtrodden. And these people that have to live there their whole lives, and I don't know how they do it. Um, all I gotta say is if you, if you live in a shitty place, if you live in a shitty town, don't, don't tell yourself that it isn't shitty. You know, there are some places out there, I'm sure everything has its redeeming qualities, but some places are just straight up shitty. And I think you should just get out. Leave. Don't hang around. Don't feel like it's your responsibility to shovel shit or improve a shitty place. Just get out of there. <laughs> get out of Hammond, Illinois. Uh, Chicago. You know, Gotham. Right? Evil city? Anybody else get that vibe? Maybe not evil, but grim. Very modern and impressive in, in you know, what humans have built. But no thank you. Um, all the towers are... I mean, it just looks like a, a, an evil city from the future. And you drive around and you, you go on these weird sort of like roads under roads under roads thing. All these layers to the city and... Kind of madness. I don't, um, you know, of course, I'm sure I only was there for a little while, but it's 
freaking cold as a witch's tit in a brass brassiere. I have never felt that cold in my life. I only was there for about two hours walking around the city at 6 o'clock at night, and there was a cold wind blowing, and the humidity was about 60%, which really makes a difference. If, if you ever wonder, oh, is this whole you know dry heat, humid heat, or dry cold, wet cold, does that make a difference? It does. It does. You want the dry cold. <laughs> that's That's the one you want. Uh, quick public service announcement. Do not brush your teeth after drinking red wine. Okay, rinse those babies off. Maybe eat something. Go to sleep. Uh, I know it's counterintuitive. Floss. Do floss. Go ahead and floss. But, um, apparently the the silica in the toothpaste, um, sort of just works that stain right into your teeth. So you really, you think and you feel like you are doing the absolute best thing to avoid staining your teeth with red wine, which is brushing your teeth, but you're actually actually not helping at all, and you're actually um, hurting your teeth and staining them further. I don't know if the same goes for coffee. I'll have to uh, do a little research and get back to you, but yeah, red wine, um, which is, this is a great excuse to drink red wine because you get the benefit of a nice red wine buzz, and you also don't have to brush your teeth that night. So yet another great reason to drink Red wine. Uh, so there's a couple segments here for your listening pleasure. I'm going to start with something weird and finish with something uh, not quite as weird, I guess. This is a... Um, <laughs> oh, the the details of the podcast. If you have questions for me, you can send me an email at GabeRobertsArt. G-A-B-E-R-O-B-E-R-T-S at gmail.com and the website for the podcast is the same gaberobertsart.com um okay so two segments this first one is uh with the help of my roommate brody kinder he translated this spanish segment about going about swimming at the beach in, in san francisco and then after that, there's going to be a, a monologue to finish things off um, about overeating. So, gee, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for listening. And I hope wherever you are, you are enjoying this this change of season and staying warm. It's going to be a cold winter, they say. Another polar vortex! Polar vortex coming. So, you know, get some wool and stay warm. Hot baths are great. I highly recommend that. If you're just feeling chilled, get warmed to the core with a nice hot bath. And, uh, yeah, enjoy this Enjoy this podcast. Okay, bye. Creo que mañana quizás me voy a bajar a la sunset. Sabes donde está muy tranquilo y se puede bañarse en la playa. I think that tomorrow perhaps I'll go down to the sunset, you know, where it's very peaceful and you can swim in the beach. Si, sí, a veces no hay muchas nubes por la sunset y eso es el tiempo que me gusta mucho. Yes, sometimes there's not many clouds in the sunset and that's the weather that I like very much. No, que muchos días al año eh, el sunset está muy nieblosa. No hay mucha, hay mucha, mucha niebla. Y esto no me gusta tanto porque no hay mucho, no hay, no hace mucho color, ¿sabes? Es un poco fría quizás y no te apetece bajar y bañarse en el mar. Many days of the year. The sunset is very foggy. Yes. There is lots and lots of fog. And that I don't like as much because it's not very warm. It's a little cold, perhaps. And going down to swim in the ocean is not appealing. Pero algunos días no hay mucha niebla. No al contrario. I saw, y cuando hace sol en, en el sunset, tío, 
Te digo que es muy, muy bonita. But some days, there is not much fog. On the contrary, there is sun. And when it's sunny in the sunset, man, I tell you, that's very pretty. Se puede, se puede quitarse la camiseta, no? You can take off your shirt. Y también si no hay mucho viento, porque esto es otra cosa que puede, que puede hacerte tu día no tan tranquila. Si quieres bajar y, y pasar el día por la playa y hay mucho viento, bueno, esto es un poco, no sé, hace frío y, y se necesita una chaqueta o un suéter. Also, if there isn't much wind, because this is another thing that can make your day not so tranquil. If you want to go down and spend the day at the beach, it's very windy. That's a little. I don't know. It's cold and you need a jacket or a sweater. Pero te digo, tío, que mañana yo creo que no va a haber mucho niebla, niebla ni, ni va a haber mucho, mucho viento. Así que puede ser un día perfecto para bajar a la playa. But I tell you, man, tomorrow I don't think there's going to be much fog nor much wind. So it may be a perfect day to go down to the beach, yes. No, quizás tomamos un café antes, un café muy, muy bueno porque hay mucho café ahí que es de buena calidad. Perhaps we'll have a coffee down by the beach. A very good coffee because there is lots of coffee there of very high quality. Yes. Y luego bajamos, pues pasamos por por la calle Judah hasta que termine en la playa y allí estás con el sol y sin el viento y se puede bajar hasta la playa y quitarse la camiseta y bueno si, si hace calor se puede meterse en el mar y eso es muy bueno para la salud tío sí and later we can go down Judah Street until where it ends at the beach and there you are with the sun and without the wind you can go down to the beach and take off your shirt and well if it's warm you can put yourself into the sea and that's very good for the health man yes Sí, incluso si hace frío por el, el mar, si el, el lago es un poco frito, frío, y eso es bueno para la salud y me gusta, me gusta meterme completamente, ¿sabes? Y incluso la cabeza, me gusta poner la cabeza abajo del mar, ¿no? Including if the weather is cold, if the water is a little fried gold that's good for the health and i like to put myself completely under including the head i like to put the head under the water yes y sentir todo el agua sobre mi cuerpo y quizás uh, cogerme un poco de arena desde abajo y rascar un poco mis brazos y, y mis piernas y mis partes privadas para limpiarlos un poco, ¿no? And feel all of the water all over my body and perhaps grab a little bit of sand from below and rub a little bit my arms and my legs and my private parts to clean them a little Yes. Y el sal, y la, la arena, y el agua fría, todo eso es muy bueno para la salud, creo, tío. Y luego se puede relax por la playa, 
no ve la gente que pasea por la playa, no los perros y los, los niños jugando al fútbol o quizás jugando al fútbol americano que es un deporte muy interesante para mí. In the salt, the sand, the cold water. All of that is very good for the health. Man. And afterwards, you can relax on the beach, yes. Watch the people that pass through the beach, yes. The dogs and the children playing soccer or perhaps American football. Which is very interesting to watch to me, yes. Así que vemos mañana que tal si nos despertamos y tenemos ganas, ¿no? De bajar a la playa. Yo creo que debemos hacerlo, tío. A ver si, si pasamos un día ahí puede ser el día más bonito de, de la vida, ¿no? So let's see tomorrow if we can wake up and have desire to go down to the beach. I think that we should do it. Man, I see if we spend a day there. And it could be the most beautiful day of the life. Yes. Cada día puede ser esa día más bonita de tu puto vida. Venga. Every day can be the best day of your fucking life. Come on. Overeating is is not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, you get to the end of your plate and you look over the stove and there's a little pot <clears throat> it has more pasta in it and if you're at a restaurant I might as well say if I were at a restaurant this is what happened to me tonight guys tonight I was eating pasta and I made pasta it's really good uh, bow tie pasta farfalle with some pre-cooked chicken meatballs from Chef Idel, who's making a killing. This guy's making a killing. His sausages are everywhere, and now he's got these meatballs. I don't know how new they are, but they're kind of new to me, and they're pretty gosh darn good. So you buy them in package. They're already cooked, and you just throw them into your pasta dishes. So I had that. This is actually leftover pasta, which I was very proud of myself for using because, you know, when you cook pasta... And you have leftover pasta and you cook the sauce separately and all the sauce gets eaten and then there's a pile of pasta in your sink that's sort of congealing. The worst is spaghetti or like uh, the angel hair and it just becomes this wet clump of carbohydrates sitting in your sink and you, you put it in a Tupperware but you know you're just going to throw it out in about two weeks and it's going to sit in there. Well, this, um, that's one good reason to never cook capellini or, or angel hair pasta and always cook bow tie pasta. Or uh, that's a good reason to not cook too much pasta, to cook the right amount of pasta. I remember I had a friend in Italy who was Italian. Wait, this friend was in Barcelona, Spain. He was a roommate, actually. He was Italian. That part's true. And he would measure out the pasta on his plate before he cooked it like he'd take out you know bow tie pasta or rigatoni you know and he would he'd put it on his plate and he would kind of be like mm, about that much and then he'd, he'd cook that so he'd cook one-off pasta dishes every night what a genius andrea was his name he would also buy a bottle of wine and a loaf of bread a baguette every night and cook himself pasta <laughs> Every night. I mean, does it get any more typical or beautiful Italian than that? This guy is a student um, and cooked himself pasta every night. Anyway, that was a huge tangent. Let's go back to my pasta and how I had leftover pasta from two nights ago. And I, I put it in a little bowl. I'm kind of into this, like, not using plasticware. So put it in a bowl, you know, because of the PBs. The, uh, those PBs, PBAs, 
It's bad for you. It'll give you cancer. Ooh, you don't want them PBAs. You know what I mean? You got to steer clear of them PBAs. You know what I mean? Hey. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing with those PBAs? Hey, put that Tupperware down. Oh, it's going to give you cancer, bro. Oh, in the microwave? You put it in the microwave? Well, that's the worst. I mean, really. If you're if you're microwaving food in a Tupperware container, snap out of it. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up and smell the PBAs that are cooking out of the Tupperware into your food and then you're ingesting them. Now I know. I know you're in an office and it's getting cold these days and you really want to have a hot lunch. But take the food out of the Tupperware and put it on a plate. Okay, ask your boss to buy some plates, some ceramic plates. Say, hey, Charlie, listen up. I know you got this this microwave and you think we're all set and you you think we don't need plates. Well, this is, this is a civilized country here and I'm working for you here. I'm working for you and I want to have a good lunch, so you got to get us some plates. Charlie, you go down to a thrift store. Hey. <laughs> Hey, Charlie, you go down to the thrift store, it's like two bucks, and you got yourself a dozen plates. You know what I mean? Come on. It's no problem, all right? I'll do it myself. You give me the company credit card. If the, you know, if the thrift store has a minimum, I'll just buy some, uh, you know, I'll buy, I'll buy, I'll buy a pair of, I'll buy a pair of pants. Or sure, I always like more shirts, you know, so whatever. I'll get it to the $5 minimum. I'll come back from the thrift store with new things for the office, like a, a pile of plates, and then these employees won't have to be microwaving their food and Tupperwares anymore, you know, and getting those BPAs. If you're still using a microwave, your only excuse is that there's no stove at your office. And you really need that hot mood food. And um, don't overcook it, you know. The sound of food overcooking in a microwave is... That's death. 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 That... That creepy crackle noise, um, and that's just the air inside there getting accelerated and fucking moving around, and the particles of your food like vibrating really fast. That shit's creepy if you think about it. It's really creepy. So, um, don't use, don't microwave your food, and if you do, do it in a in a dish. Okay, a ceramic dish. Anyway, so I have my leftover pasta in a ceramic bowl, right, in the refrigerator. And so that was two days ago, or maybe three, I don't know. Uh, and so I went to make more pasta tonight. This is this is like the least exciting part of the story. And, and um, I got all excited on that accent, and now I'm kind of like coming down to earth here. <sighs> So I made pasta tonight, guys. I made pasta, used up some leftover pasta, and I put in a, a cube of pesto. A cube of pesto. My friend made pesto and uh, put it in ice cube trays. Okay? Are you with me? Pesto and ice cube trays. You put it in the freezer, and then you take it out, and you take the little pesto ice cubes out of the ice cube trays. And you put them in a jar or a Tupperware, and you put those in the freezer. Well, the, it's genius because if you were to freeze a, a jar of pesto, what would you do? You pull that out of the freezer, and you'd be like, "Oh, oh, what do I do now?" And you have to get like a knife and start picking away at it. You'd make no progress. You'd end up just throwing it on the ground and smashing glass and frozen pesto all over your kitchen floor and storming out, probably forgetting your keys, locking yourself out of your house. You know, running out into the street, screaming about this pesto that you couldn't get out, and you know it wants to be there. So put it in ice cube trays. It's really easy. You know, you got an ice cube tray. It's winter time. You don't need ice cubes, and even in the summertime, you don't need ice cubes because everyone knows that cold drinks don't actually cool you down. And so, did warm drinks cool you down? <laughs> That's what I wonder. Cold drinks. Don't cool, cool you down, right? Because your body has to work to bring that uh, that cold water up to temperature before it can digest it, right? Everybody knows that. Your body can't just digest freezing cold water. 
So you think it makes you cooler, but your body's actually working to bring it up to temperature before it can process it. So do warm drinks make you colder? No. Warm drinks make you warmer. Warm drinks and cold drinks make you warmer. Drinks make you warmer. Drink a drink, you're going to get warm. Moral of the story. So, so I got these pesto cubes, right? I got two choices. My friend makes all this pesto and she leaves it with me because she leaves town. And I got, I got, I got, <laughs> I got parsley pesto and I got basil pesto. Well, to be honest, I kind of wanted to use the basil pesto, but it was in a smaller jar. There's less of it. And there's a big jar of the parsley pesto and the parsley pesto is great. And I was like, I'll start with the parsley pesto work my way through it and then i'll finish with the basil pesto in about three months i used two cubes i really only needed one it was only me that was eating i had decided i've been cooking a lot i cooked breakfast for for my roommate and, and my friend this morning you know i used some of their eggs and potatoes you know but but i was cooking okay i was cooking and tonight my roommate was there his friend was there and and i i i just was like i'm cooking for me Tonight I'm cooking for me. <laughs> oh, you forget, forget about you. I ain't cooking for you. You go cook your own food. So of course I cooked more food than I needed. This is we're getting to the point of the story. We are approaching the point of the story, which is um, I sat there and I'd serve myself a nice, healthy helping of pasta with meatballs and parsley pesto and i also cooked up some garlic and onions in butter and all mixed it all together reheated the pasta you know carefully it's not easy to reheat pasta you gotta use a little water get a little steam going you don't want to you don't want to like immerse them in boiling water because then they'll get too soft you'll go beyond al dente uh so anyway i was this great plate of food i also sliced a couple slices of bread toasted them buttered them uh sprinkled parmesan cheese all over the top of everything shredded grated parmesan cheese okay grated parmesan cheese the good shit okay none of that in a can you know clump it's like it's like uh trying to shake food out of a mariachi shaker okay or a marimba okay or whatever you want to call it okay whatever your little percussion thing is that you're shaking and and dumping things out of you know what i mean your cheese shaker you know what i mean forget about that okay we're talking some real grated parmesan cheese here where you got that big block of parm and you be great uh grating it on the cheese grater grating it on the cheese grater oh boy yeah and so i have some of that all over the top of everything on top of the bread too it sticks to the butter yeah you you know what I'm talking about. Mm, yeah, so I sat down. I even poured myself a beer, even though I know that, you know, liquids in general and especially alcoholic ones do not help you digest. I, I, you know, I worked hard today and I felt like treating myself to a full meal. And somehow when you have a glass, I have these cool glasses I got at a thrift store. And you're pouring beer into it and you get the nice head on top and it doesn't quite fill the glass. So then you, you set your beer can next to it and you know that in about 20 minutes or so you get to do that again. I mean, and that you set that next to your plate, your delicious plate of food. That's such an experience. And so I just enjoyed the full experience and tried to ignore the fact that it wouldn't help me digest it. I ate the whole plate of food, okay, right? I had the... It was plenty of food. If I was at a restaurant, I would have thought that's the perfect helping portion. Not too little where you're like, come on, you guys are scrimping on his pasta. You couldn't just put a little more pasta on the plate. And not too much where you're like, oh, now I got to take this home. And like you get to that point where you've got more than you really want to eat. And you're like, oh, do I get a box to take it home? No one really likes doing that. No one really likes asking, can I box this up and have passing over like a, a – picked through plate it's so embarrassing you have to hand it to the waiter that the best is when they bring you the box just bring me the fucking box don't take my plate and look at how i've eaten my food and like analyze my fork marks and my see my saliva drizzled around and mush it into a a box just leave yourself me my eating my eating like how i ate let's that's personal okay you think you're doing me a favor by, oh, I'll box that up for you? No. 
It's it's disgusting. I don't want you looking at the food that I've half eaten. Please just bring me a box. I can do it myself. I have two hands. I can lift up a plate and scrape my own damn food in it. Plus, if there's some of the food that I didn't eat because maybe I don't want to eat it, and this isn't usually the case for me, but what if someone's allergic to parsley and there's a parsley garnish? Well, if the waiter boxes your food, they're going to throw that parsley in there. Okay? So this is another issue. All right? So back to my story. I was sitting there uh, in front of the fire enjoying this delicious meal. It was so good. The parsley pasta was delicious. I probably overdid it honestly i didn't need two cubes of the pesto one would have been enough but it's still really good the meatballs are super flavorful um the bread was good you know i had had some good mopping action going and just like even piling pasta onto the bread and eating that um beer was good tasty i was taking my time with i was reading a book reading a book while i ate and i finished my plate and i knew that there was this leftover pasta in the pan and there were i think three meatballs i think i had cooked a total of seven meatballs and there were three left and it was sort of a meatball heavy remainder you know there was less pasta than meatball the pasta to the meatball the pasta ratio was much higher in what was left so it was not a you know it wasn't just a little go oh i'll just finish this up real quick it was like okay now it's round time for round two and because I had, um, I was because I I didn't want to offer this food to my roommate. And roommate, if you're listening now, I'm sorry. You understand. You know, it's just a neurotic thing where it's like I, I cooked this morning, and so now I'm gonna eat all this food like a fat kid, and not and like a greedy fat kid, and not offer it because I don't want to, even though I was totally full. So then. I was like, well, I could save that, but then it's like, I've already saved that pasta. You know, that's, that pasta has been once saved in the fridge, not in an airtight container, just in a bowl with a plate on top of it. You know, is it really going to be good in two days? Um, I'm just going to finish it. And also, I was so enjoying the meal and like the, just the, the whole process of sitting in front of the fire and eating by myself was so pleasant. I still had a little more beer. I'd left myself most of one of my pieces of bread in anticipation of this round two. And so I went for it. I served all the rest of the pan into my plate, sat down. I, I forgot the cheese. forgot the cheese. But by the time I sat down, I remembered I'd forgotten the cheese. I didn't want to get up. And also, I've, I've pretty much determined that, that there's a strong correlation between eating cheese and farting. I don't know if anyone else has <laughs> discovered this yet, but um, I'm fairly certain there's a connection there. So I thought, I don't need that cheese. This pasta's good enough as it is. Um, and then I sat there and shoveled it in. I wasn't hungry. Uh, I just shoveled it in. And it was, oh, God damn, I was so full. I'd eaten all my bread. You know, sometimes the bread is, like, easier to eat. I ate my bread early on. And guys, I don't feel good now. I, I, I eat too much. I started sneezing. I've been sneezing. I've heard about this. This is a thing where you you eat too much and you start sneezing. There are people that can't overeat because as soon as they reach a certain threshold, they they start sneezing. And I thought, well, that's you know that's kind of wonderful, right? You can't overeat. Maybe now that's me. I don't know. Um, I'm sneezing. I'm I'm farting. I just farted. I don't know. I hope the microphone didn't pick that up. Good lord. What is this, huh? What is this? The fart show? God. I feel disgusting. I'm congested and of course this is I'm dealing with bronchitis. I diagnosed myself with bronchitis yesterday. And so I generally have a bit of mucus and phlegm going on. So it's not all the overeating. But it it just didn't feel good, and I wish I had offered that food to my roommate. He would have eaten it, and we would both be happier right now. There's That's two people, from one little decision, two people that would be happier right now. <laughs> Me and him. But no, instead, he's the same as, you know, neither up nor down. 
And I'm negatively affected by it because I ate too much. And then I made chocolate chip cookies. And I haven't eaten a single one. I made a full batch of chocolate chip cookies. I didn't even eat my favorite is to while I'm making the cookies. I mean, once the batter is done, I just start eating the batter, you know, the whole time. And the longer it takes you to, to put the cookies on the cookie tray, the, the more batter you eat. Um, I didn't eat a single bit of batter. I, I, I licked my fingers once. Like, that's it. I think I licked the spatula. It didn't have any chocolate chips on it, so it wasn't even really the full cookie cookie batter experience. I'm going to cough right now. This is gross. I'm going to cough off mic, but this is what bronchitis sounds like. <coughs> oh, God, isn't that disgusting? I'm so sorry, but you know what? It's time for people to become a, be aware of bronchitis. And so maybe this, you know, awareness will help. But God, that's gross. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's so disgusting. So I didn't even eat to eat my cookie batter. And I I have I, I didn't cook all the cookie batter, I just did two sheets. Um so I have about I don't know, twenty cookies sitting over there. At they're at their perfect stage right now, about ten minutes out of the oven. They're cool, but they're still soft and warm. And my stomach is so full. I don't even want to eat those cookies. I don't even want to eat them. I'm not even. I can't even eat them because I eat too much pasta. I eat too much pasta. I can't eat my chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> okay, walnuts. That was the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, don't brush your teeth after drinking red wine. Uh, no standing means no fucking parking ever. And don't stab your foot with metal poles. Until next time, adios.